All right, everyone. <laughs> Here we go again. We are in the middle of a series called Vessel. We are exploring these four words, each in one episode. The four words are inner, inter, intra, and enter. And I know some of those words sound similar, some sound the same, right? I've, you know, I've had to spell each word in each episode, and I'll do that again, but inner, I-N-N-E-R, inter, I-N-T-E-R, intra, I-N-T-R-A, and enter, E-N-T-E-R, right? And today is episode three. Episode three is intra. So this is a Construction Monk podcast. I'm your host, Jay Randall Ori, and today we're going to explore this third word as a part of our series called Vessel. So let's get into it. Hey, did you hear as I was recording the intro? Did you hear that sound? I'm going over to it. I'm in the middle of the woods, of course. I always record, almost always in the woods. And guess where I'm at? I'm, I'm near a creek. Let's jump over there. This is kind of fun because this has to do with intra, I-N-T-R-A. Listen to it. Can you hear that? Water is doing something akin to the word intra. Intra means within, inside. Guess what that water's doing? It's not, it's a, it's a creek, right? It's a, maybe a, a small river, you know, depending on how you define those things, but it's a babbling brook. <laughs> Did you hear a babble? But it's doing something and it's not doing something. What? It's staying within certain boundaries and borders. That water is running in a channel, right? There's a path. It's running within the bounds of the riverbank. The riverbanks, right? This is intra. It means within or inside. Um, some of the words we get from that are intramural or intravenous. Like uh, if you go to the hospital and you're dehydrated, they will stick a needle in your vein. And that needle will be attached to a tube which is attached to a bag of fluids. And they will rehydrate you intravenously. Intra means within, within your veins. They will be putting fluids within your veins. Intramural. Well, it refers to sports. Intramural sports would be, uh, I, I kind of know this term in, in, in reference to like college. and So if a, like a dorm has some intramural sports, it's like within that community or within the college itself, there's going to be some competition just within that one setting, right? Intramural. I'm probably not defining that quite correctly, but that's kind of the idea. It's within a certain group or setting. So like, um, <clears throat> where did I see that? That definition. Anyway. Oh yeah, intra-office refers to operations that take place within the office, like within a certain space, within a certain bounds. And so like, intro means within a certain space. Within. So, you know, we're talking about vessel. We're first... With, with inner, we talked about how the work God needs to do is within our vessel, right? And <laughs> I'm wandering around, trying to find this one path, and I've wandered down a few wrong paths, I'm trying to stay on a path, right? I'm, it's an intra-hiking. <laughs> so I'm just, I don't want to just hike through the woods. A path shows me where to go, right? It's kind of interesting. Um... Anyway, intra-office means within an office, so intramural means within a certain space, right? 
Jesus talks about this in terms of the kingdom of God, intra, within. It's within a certain scope, right? And so, like, Jesus told us to be advancing the kingdom. You know, he said, uh, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there's this phrase that's repeated three or four times that Jesus, Jesus himself states. He says, uh, you know, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom or the power of the kingdom of God. You know, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And he, you know, he says, as it is on earth, as it is in heaven, you know, as part of the, the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like there are these spaces in which we operate, right? The kingdom of God and advancing the kingdom of God, we think of it sometimes in terms of what's external, not what's internal or intra, not what's within, but what's without. Like we can think of it as a, not an intra action, but an extra action. It's external, not internal. It's extravenous, I guess, instead of intravenous. <laughs> Even though that's referring to veins, but <clears throat> it's without. We think, oh, you know, everything we do, right? like, like, well, we get saved, and it's it seems like it's an interior work of repentance, and we have this internal feeling of the Holy Spirit's move. But then everything after that, it's like external, right? There's things we have to do. There's work we have to do, and most of that work is practices and rituals and gathering and learning and reading our Bibles and doing good works and working on our sin. And it's like, it can seem like it's all an external work, but it's really an internal work. It's within us. And Jesus says this in Luke 17. I have it looked up in three different translations, the NASB, the KJV, and the Phillips. And in the NSAB, in Luke chapter 17, Jesus says this. This is red letter. He says, this is talking to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees said, you know, they're asking him a question, because he's talking about the kingdom of God. This was his main message, by the way, is the coming of the kingdom of God. And so the Pharisees have heard him preach this message over and over, and they're like, hey, we want to know, when is the kingdom of God going to come? And he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs that can be observed. Ooh, it's not external. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is, for behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Okay. That's the NASB, and I'm going to just read that phrase in your midst again in the KJV. For he says, For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And the Phillips, it says, looking for it. Um, He says, For the kingdom of God is inside you. It's in your midst. It's within you. It's inside you. Now, sometimes it's like, what is the you he's referring to? Is it individual or is it a group? And so, like the first translation seems to, when he says in your midst, it seems to be referring to the essence of God's working in the corporate manner, right? Or in the corporate setting. There's this body of believers and the kingdom of God is within us as a body of believers, which is really cool and I think that's true. But I think it's also individually true, right? I mean, we have to catch it ourselves in order to be able to bring it to our group, right? Like as Christians, we have to be on a journey and the journey is inward and so it has to do with our vessel and what God's doing in each of us individually. But also, because we have a body, but also we are a body in a different sense, metaphorically maybe, or even really, literally, we're a body, we're the body of Christ and he's the head. I mean, this is another metaphor or allegory Paul uses. And so in one sense, Jesus is saying both of those things. The kingdom of God is intra. It's within the body of Christ, which is all of us put together. And it's also within each individual Christian. It's intra. 
It's within us. The main work we have to do as Christians throughout our whole lives is within us. Getting the kingdom of God within us. The kingdom of God advancing within us. The kingdom of God growing within us. It's inside. So much of the work is inside. Here's the thing. I think, one, a lot of Christianity has trended towards external works, right? And this is what the Pharisees are asking. It's like, how do we know when the kingdom's coming? Like, what's it going to look like? And he's like, it's not going to come through external observation. He says, back to the NASB, he says, it's not going to come with signs that can be observed. The Jews were all about signs, right? Jesus, Jesus displayed lots of signs, miracles, you know, even his message, his pow- the power of his preaching. He had authority over demons. He had authority over sickness. He had authority for, to forgive sins and like all this external. But he's like, look, the kingdom of God is not going to come with signs that can be observed. It's not external. You can't see it with your physical eyes. You can't hear it with your physical ears. It's not something you do with your physical body. Your vessel, is that inside your physical body? No, not really. It's your spirit, I think. Like, I've talked about our whole personhood in the podcast called Wounded. It's where a person with six parts and then the seventh part is God filling us, right? That's what we're talking about. God filling our vessels. And how do they get filled? They have to get cleansed. And now we have to understand that the work, the main work of the Christian throughout their Christian life is still internal. I mean, it's from the inside out. Jesus said, clean the inside of the cup and the outside will also be clean. And it's like, you know, all these things he's saying are pointing to this reality. The work we have to do is inside. It's intra. It's within the bounds of what's inside us where the work really takes place. The work of God's salvation, the work of the kingdom advancing. It has to advance within us. You won't be able to really see it. And I had these conversations with, with atheists and other people and they, they, they ask me, like, how do I know God's real? How can I really see God? How, how have I learned to hear God? And how do I know it's not just my it's just fantasy and i just it's just my interpret interpreting things it's god of the gaps and right how do i know well it's subjective why because it's within me because the main work god does is within me does it affect what i do how i act what how i think how i move through the world yes 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 of course it displays externally but it's an internal work that's being manifested externally but jesus here is saying you won't be able to observe it externally How do you really know God is growing within you? How do you really know you're walking with God? How do you really know you're bearing fruits of the Spirit? Now, those are all character things. It's an internal work. It's intra. It's within the space of your temple, of your vessel, inside. It's inside. It has to be something that gets inside of you. So what? What do we do with our vessels? Paul said, even now I'm being poured out like a a drink offering, right? Like, he, he uses this image in a different way of, of a vessel. He's like, hey, I'm like this vessel. I've been filled with something, and I'm pouring it out. That's a really cool worship song. Pour it out. All right? <laughs> the, if you look at the lyrics of that, I, I can't think of the name of the song. It may be Pour It Out. But, like, it's this idea that we're filled to be poured out. Well, like Paul, the drink offering being poured out, he's like, man, God's filled me with all these things. and what, I'm pouring them out. But if there's nothing inside you to pour out, what are you, what are you doing? If you're doing works from an empty space inside, not empowered by God, what are you doing? You're working in your own flesh, in your own energy, in your own wisdom, your own knowledge. You have yet to be established with the power of God in your vessel. And so what are you pouring out of your vessel? Well, your vessel's still full, right? This is the process we're talking about. Your vessel's still full. 
It's full of you. So what are you pouring out? It, it, you know, and, and okay, so it's a process and it's the process of growing more to be in God's economy, less in ours, out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And so it's a, it, like we're often mixed and what we pour out can be mixed and that's, there's grace for that, right? We're never perfected. We're on a journey being completed and we're, we're in the process, right? But whatever is inside you is what you're pouring out. And if you have no idea that there's this inner work, this work of intra, that there's things within you that need to be at least started and in the middle, then what you're pouring out is purely from yourself. And you may have a Christianity that's purely rooted in yourself and your own power and your own strength. And there's been no work in your vessel to cleanse it, to get God within you so that God can pour out of you, right? <clears throat> I mean, there's so many times when I'm, you know, I write, I teach, and I'm like, hey, if something, if, if you hear me say something that just sounds wrong, maybe that's just from me. If you hear something that sounds right, that's from God. Like, and this is why, um, you know, it says, the scripture says, test the spirits to see whether they're from God. Like, we can think of that as angels, demons, but it's also, we have a spirit and like, it just, it, it, in a, the most general sense, it means test everything, the energy of everything. Test the power behind everything, right? God's power is the Holy Spirit. It's, it really stems from the spiritual. The spiritual precedes and supersedes. God is pure spirit, right? So like God's power is spiritual. And so testing the spirits means, hey, like when you hear your pastor preach, when you read a book by a Christian scholar or a Christian writer, a Christian thinker, when you talk with your Christian friends, always be testing because everything is mixed, right? And so you're mixed too, but we're all on a journey and like we're all on this journey of what? Getting more of God in us and getting more of ourselves out of us. And so we have to discern, not everything labeled Christian is of God. Not every, everything a Christian says is of God. Not everything of, from your pastor is of God. Not everything of even the most wise, matured, spiritual elder is from God. You know, that's a process. Like, how do less mature people discern what is godly from a more mature person? That's the process we're in. But the most mature person never leads people by their own, by their own journey like, they never say, you don't need to hear from God, you just need to hear from me. That's someone who's not mature. Like, a mature person helping people in this process of intra, of getting God's kingdom and power within them, is not someone who's like, you just listen to me, I have God's power, that's all you need to know. Don't test it. You don't need to check to see what I, if what I say is right, you just need to know I'm the, I'm the elder here, I'm the wiser person. And no, a really truly godly person, a true wise spiritual elder and director is someone who's saying, don't take my word for it. Go back to the Holy Spirit because you got to be learning. I mean, yeah, I hear the Holy Spirit probably more than you. That's why I'm your elder. But look, I didn't get here by just taking other people's word for it. I'm taking you through the same process of what? Get in your vessel purged of the flesh, of the self-willed life, and getting more of God, the God-willed life into you. And this is, <clears throat> it's all within. This is what intra is about. So... <laughs> Let's jump to two passages, 2 Corinthians. Remember, our main passage is 2 Corinthians 3, 4, and 5. We're going to be mostly in chapter 5. And then we're going to look at Galatians 2 because they both kind of speak to this thing. <clears throat> um, I'm going to jump around quite a bit in Corinthians chapter 5. But let's start with chapter 5, verse 7. Um, well, I'll back up to verse 6. Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. But we are of good courage and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Uh, you know, he's, this is really, 
him acknowledging like we're in this process. We're not fully united with Christ, but we're in the process. Because he says we walk by faith, not by sight. Again, he's saying it's not external, it's internal. And like the, the only time we'll be fully, like completely uh, 100% gods is after we die. That's when we truly go to be with the Lord. But he's not saying we can't connect with Jesus now through the Holy Spirit, obviously, because that's not what Paul teaches. That's what, and we'll get in Galatians. That's exactly what it says. He's like, you got to be led by the Spirit. Jesus gave the Spirit. Spirit's our God connection. But he's saying it's it's internal, not external. Walk by faith, not by sight, not by what you can see, and what nobody can see within you. And then we'll jump to Second Corinthians chapter five, verse sixteen. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one by the flesh, even though we have known Christ by the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. Now, all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. (laughs) Yeah, baby. Love it. Listen to this. New creation. We don't recognize anyone by the flesh, what's external, what you can see with your eyes, hear with your ears, touch with your hands. Paul and Colossians says those things are destined to perish. Everything you do externally, do not taste, do not handle, do not touch, like external things. We don't recognize anyone by the flesh. And he's like, yeah, even Jesus even came in the flesh, right? But we don't know him this way any longer. This is Paul who never saw Jesus in the flesh, but he actually saw Jesus in the spirit. He's like, yeah, you know Jesus came in the flesh, right? But that's not how we know him now. He's gone to the Spirit and through the Holy Spirit, He is in us. Like we know Him through what is internal, not external. It's intra, not extra. And verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation. The old things have passed away. The new things have come. What? What's He talking about? There's old things in your vessel that need to be purged. You need to be a new creation. What? Like the vessel of your person doesn't change, right? You know that. When you, come, when you become a Christian... You don't get a new physical body, but even more, you don't get like new dreams. You don't get new passions. It's the old things are empowered by a new energy, God's instead of yours. That's been true for me. Maybe you didn't know your passions very clearly before God, but I did. Well, I was baptized at nine, so I shouldn't say before God. But before I really got into this process of being cleansed within, from within my vessel, the process of intro, like I had words from God, even young, during high school. I I knew things, visions. God had given me a vision. That vision didn't change when I started to really be filled more by the Spirit and keep being able to keep in step with the Spirit, being able to hear the Spirit. Really, you know, being to the point of being cleansed enough of my self-willed life that God's will can start to be present in me in a real way that I can hear and be directed, right? That didn't change my mission, but it gave it new energy, and that new energy gave it new focus and new clarity. Because I was translating it before through the flesh. And the flesh is, how can I bring glory to myself and get what I want for myself and please myself? And so even the things God gave me in that, under the power of that old thing in my vessel, the flesh was like, oh, I know God wants me to do this, that, and that. And this is how it should work out because then people will see me and they'll be, think I'm so great. And then they'll come to me and they'll kind of, ooh, they'll worship me. And look at all the fame and all the popularity and people will see how spiritual I am and how how wise and how much truth I have. And yeah, God, that sounds really good. I like that vision. And God's like, we got a lot of work to do in your vessel, buddy, if you think that's the end result. You are still operating under the power of the flesh. And through the flesh, you think the things I want to do for you are going to focus people on you. (laughs) Man, 
Paul, what does Paul say? First Corinthians, I think it's, is it three? It's four, where he's like, so that this all-surpassing power will be from God and not from us. Like, when people see the power of your life lived in God, they shouldn't go, wow, you're, you're amazing. Wow, man, you've got power. Man, you've got wisdom. Man, you really know how to preach. Man, you are doing amazing things. They should say, look at what God is doing through this person. Like, we see the vessel, but man, there's no way that person could do those things. There is a power in that person that is not of themselves. That's what people should say when your vessel starts to be more filled with God than yourself. That's what he's saying. You're a new creation. It doesn't mean, it, it says the old has passed away. What is the old? It's not your vision, your dreams, your personhood, your personality, you know, your, the color of your hair. It's not all those external things. It's internal. It's the source. The new person has come. What does that mean? Well, now we see they're operating in this power that could not be from them. Because it says in verse 18, now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Like when you start to experience the power of God in your vessel because the work that Christ has done to bring you back to God, then you're like, hey, I need to teach other people how to go through the same process, this process of intra, of this internal process of being more empowered by God. I mean, I'll end with uh, the Second Corinthians passage with verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Listen to this. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us. <laughs> oh, I love it. As though God is the power in your vessel. That's, he's like, we... We're ambassadors. How can we, how can we represent Christ in the world? Only when our vessel is purged and the power of God is filled up within us. We become this thing that has this power inside that then flows out. Isn't that cool? Listen to this. This is really great. This is Galatians chapter (sighs) 5. Sorry, I'm a little out of breath. I don't know why. Walking, I guess I'm walking vigorously and talking vigorously. Galatians chapter 5. For in Christ, neither our most conscientious religion nor disregard of religion amounts to anything. What matters is something far more interior. Faith expressed in love. (laughs) It's really cool. He's talking about spirit versus the flesh. Again, this is what we're talking about. The vessel, our vessel needs to be purged of the flesh and the Holy Spirit. That's the power of God in us is the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus came to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. And so Paul here is saying, <clears throat> doesn't matter how religious you are or how unreligious you are, doesn't amount to anything. Those are external actions. It's not external, it's internal, it's intra. He says, what matters is something far more interior, <laughs> far more intra. Faith expressed in love. Faith is something interior. The expression of, of love is exterior. And so it's like, James says, you have faith. I will show you my faith by what I do. It's not just believing something, but it's, it does manifest. It's, that's natural, man. If the power of God is in you, that power is like a burning in your bones, as Isaiah said. It can't, you can't hold it in. But if, you're, if the opposite's true, you're trying to do God's stuff in your own power, you can't do it. Like, you won't, you'll burn out. 
You won't be burning with the power of God and you can't stand to not do anything. You'll be trying so hard in your own energy and it won't be enough and you'll burn out. You won't light. Your fire won't be um, fanned into flames. It'll be squelched because its power is in you. Right? Faith expressed in love. And so often we can be like, well, we got to be more loving. We get the fruits of the Spirit. We got to do that fruits of the Spirit stuff. And the Spirit's like, no, you don't do a darn thing until we are empowered by God <clears throat> in a more significant way. <clears throat> we dare not try to do any significant work. I know that sounds a little like, don't we learn as we, as we do? And yes, that's true. But what's your focus in the doing? Is it like, okay, God, I'm going to move and I'm going to trust you're going to work, and I'm, but I'm going to be learning how you work. And, or is it like, look what I did, look what I did, look what I did. Look what my church does. Look what my, my church is the best. My pastor, me, me, me. Right? <clears throat> we do learn through practice. I'm not saying we don't. But I'm saying we must be very careful where the power of our work is coming from. We can spend a long time, we will spend a long time letting God do a work within us to empower us within. By His power, not ours. <clears throat> Jumping to... Oh. Well. I have a... <laughs> I didn't realize I had Colossians. That's three passages. That's okay. So we're going to end with Colossians. That's cool. Um, This is Colossians chapter 2, verse 11. This is talking about Christ. And in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision performed without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Okay? And then he goes into the metaphor of baptism. You have been buried with him in baptism, which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. There's a circumcision performed without hands. It's what? It's internal, not external. It's intra. Something has to be removed. The flesh. It's a work within. That's our focus. Um, I'm just kind of glancing in Colossians. Here, let's go to verse 20. I actually already mentioned this verse. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I guess the Spirit was leading me. Verse 20, Colossians chapter 2. If you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why, as if you were living in the world, do you submit to yourself to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, which all refer to things destined to perish with use in accordance with the commandments and teachings of man. These are matters which do have the appearance of wisdom and self-made religion and wisdom and, sorry, and humility and severe treatment of the body but they are of no value against fleshly indulgence. Right? You've died with Christ. To what? The principles of the world. World is Satan's system. It's what? It's the mindset on the flesh. I can do it. When we become a Christian, but we're still empowered in our vessel by our own strength, efforts, wisdom, understanding, abilities, then we're actually trying to be a Christian through the means of religion or religiosity, which also is the same thing as Satan's kingdom, because Satan's kingdom is what? You can be like God if you have the right knowledge. You can understand things and you can do things. That, that's why it's the same as religion or even the law, even the Mosaic law, which I know it sounds weird to conflate the Mosaic law with the kingdom of Satan. It was an intermediary system. The reason it's the same is because the power behind it is the same. The Energy in the vessel of those two systems are the same. It's the self. 
doesn't mean that they accomplish the same things necessarily because God's truths are God's truths. But the thing that Paul is saying here in Second Colossians is that the source matters the most. The source is you, and when the source is you, it won't work. He says, don't submit to these things. These, ha- these verse 23, these matters which do have the appearance of wisdom and self-made religion and false humility, most translations say false humility, and severe treatment of the body, but there's no value to against fleshly indulgence. So he's saying they don't have the power to subdue the flesh, the self-willed life. They actually it bolster the self-willed life. Self-made religion. Now Colossians 3, verse 1. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth, for you have died. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. And then verse 10, skipping to verse 10. And have... Sorry, verse 9. And do not lie to one another since you stripped off the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created it. Okay. Got it? Power. It's all about the power within you. That's what intra is about. You have a vessel. You have to go through this process, this painful process of God emptying that vessel. That's inner. Then you have to go through the, the, the constant process of death, burial, resurrection. That's inter, to be interned. That's internment. And that's an internship, right? And then intra. Understand that the work is internal. It's always internal. That's our focus. Don't get sidetracked by the external manifestations and trying to produce those external manifestations. You will get sidetracked and you will get stuck in man-made religion and the power of your own ability, which will increase the flesh. And how do you know? Because the fruits of the Spirit won't manifest because they're the fruits that come from the Holy Spirit being more, more filled up in your vessel. So the opposite of those fruits, joy. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When you are practicing man-made religion and self, a self-willed life and trying to do Christian things in your own power, how is that the opposite of the fruits of the Spirit? You won't be self-controlled. You'll be angry. You'll wanna, you won't have joy. You won't be loving. You won't be kind. You won't be gentle. You won't be forgiving. You won't have humility. Like you'll be this angry, raging person and everybody else is sinful and everybody else is wrong and nobody's good enough and nobody's righteous enough and look how hard you work to be a Christian and they got to work that hard and if they don't, they're less than you and you're demeaning, you're demanding, you're putting people down. You don't have the fruits of the Spirit. You're not loving, you're not kind, you're not gracious, you're not gentle, you're not self-controlled. You can't stand it when your will and ego are thwarted. When people speak ill of what you believe, of your Christianity, of your religion, that, that's, that's the evidence. Because you haven't done the internal work in your vessel. You haven't done the work of what is intra, what is within. Remember what we started with? That creek, that babbling brook, you know... In scripture, there's this passage that says the prophet spoke nothing of 
themselves, but they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And that, and that Hebrew language imagery, it's the image of a river, of jumping into a river and being carried downstream. <sighs> well, when you're in the middle of a fast raging river, you are not under your power anymore. You are under the power of the current of the river, and it's carrying you along. And what? It's it's within certain bounds, right? This is really cool. Then your life is following a specific path, and it's actually very narrow. It's like a narrow path, but it's not by your own power. You've jumped into this new way of living, not in your own power, but in the power of the Spirit leading you. And the Spirit has a very specific course for your life. That's what we're going to talk about next time: is how. As we do this work in our vessel and let God do this work, then we begin to enter into new life. And what does that look like? That's really good. Hey guys, thanks for listening. This is a Construction Monk podcast. I'm your host, Jay Randall Ori. You can catch more content at www.moderncontemplative.com. And if you go there, you'll see I'm starting a new YouTube series called Let's Talk Church, where I just talk to people about their experiences with church and their view of church. All right, guys, love you. Bye.